TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Good Friday morning, everybody, and welcome back to ChairShot Radio, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network right there on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Don't forget, before we get going here, head on over to prowrestlingtees.com. Pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt. It'll make you look great. I guarantee it. Let's bring in the rest of the party today. It is the three-man weave crew. We have been making this a regular thing. Now that we're post-mania, though, we're doing a little adjustment to the schedule here, slowly but surely, and uh, we will find a new time of its own, and I will be back to on my own, unfortunately, on Friday mornings for Chair Shot Radio. But for now... It is three-man weave today. Let's bring them in. Christopher Platt and Ray Cash. Gentlemen, how the heck are you? Are you ready for the weekend? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. And as the song goes, everybody is working for the weekend. Welcome to my house. Something, something, <laughs> my house. Something, something. Yo, man, Platt and I do not want to hear any more WrestleMania songs for a good 10, 11 months, man. <laughs> Trust. Uh, At least, hey. <laughs> um, it's it's been a bit of a rough day, but it's the weekend. I can't complain. I'm good to be with my boys. Let me ask Platt a question here. How did you feel Monday afternoon, knowing that you didn't have to do Mania Madness Monday night? You know, I don't even know how to describe it, man. It was a euphoric feeling, and I'm I'm proud of the work that we did. But my God, and it, it you know this is the weird part. I damn near turned on a mania just out of muscle memory. You know what I mean? Like, I, I damn near went to Peacock and was about to watch a WrestleMania before I caught myself and said, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> That's funny. I think I ended up watching The Godfather or something instead, which is, you know, three hours well spent. It was just as long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just as long. <laughs> Last thing before we you know get that... going. Go ahead, Ray. I was just going to say that reminds me of when Austin retired. And like he needed to get that out of system, so he drive four hours for Whataburger, and then drive back home because <laughs> he had to get the road out of system. That's, watch, watch, watch Godfather one and two, and that's about two manias right there. No, Ray, that's a mania. If we're talking thirty-two and on, that's a mania. <laughs> Before we get into sports, Ray, why don't you let everybody know the next project that's going to be hitting Chairshot Radio Network? I believe debuting on April twenty-first. Yes. Thank you. Mania Madness Part 2. No. More Mania. No, it's not. More ma- no. That's false. Boo. <laughs> Boo. It's, it's actually, well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to speak about it. It's actually um, a lot more relevant to this show than the other show because the topic and the idea for the series came from sports. In baseball, they have what's known as a five-tool player. Um, if you can, if you can excel in all five tools, you're known as one of the best players in the sport. Well, myself and my outsider's edge OG Carl had an idea to figure out who the best professional wrestler in the world, WWE specifically, is based on a set of criteria in the same vein as five tools. 
We expanded it to 10 to make it more relevant for 2021. Did Raw, SmackDown, and NXT and all the theater companies together. And uh, we are debuting the Total Package series April 21st. So look out for that. This is not our first time doing it. This is our first time doing it in an audio. But uh, this is a reoccurring thing that him and I have done over the years. And uh, we're really excited. Came out pretty well. And um, there's a lot. You, 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 y'all going to be mad at us, specifically. Y'all going to be mad at Carl. So just put that out there. Uh, but it's a really interesting way to look at it and think about who the best people are, are in the business aside from I like them. Take all that away and go strictly by what they do well in which category. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. So check that out. Well, number one has to be the tribal chief, and then everybody else falls in line after that. But I'm, I'm not going to... What? Nice tease. Just gonna have Excellent to tune. Tease. You're just gonna have to tune in, folks. All right, let's get to it today. Chair Shot Radio, Friday, April 16th, three man weave style. Sports, 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 sports. Gentlemen, the NFL draft is looming. The quarterback shuffle has been mixed up a little bit i know there was another pro day this week wednesday for justin fields and we have some other news on a couple of different defensive ends let's start with the nfl draft fellas those niners moving up to three looking like they're going to take mac jones do you think that that's the right decision there ray what do you think over there you kind of you're kind of laughing a little bit i mean doesn't necessarily seem like the kind of quarterback that they would want in their system I know he had success with Matt Ryan, but I thought they would want someone a little more mobile. Well, that's what Shanahan's normally have, is somebody that can move, run play action, and run a bootleg. That's the history of the Shanahan's. Now, the funny thing to me is, I am probably a bigger Mac Jones fan than most people out there. I love me that old gritty QB. I'm, I'm very much a mobile QB guy, but I enjoy the old gritty QB who is who is less talented than everybody else, but by grit, determination, and wits, can play up to the same speed. I like those guys. And this wouldn't even be a conversation if all of the all of the uh, mocks had Justin Fields dropping to ten or eleven or fifteen or whatever it is. Um, I think it is completely plausible for the Niners to pick Mac Jones at three. I think it's absolutely batshit ridiculous they traded the farm to move up to the three to draft Mac Jones. I think that's the issue. It isn't picking him at three because he very well might be I don't think anybody's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. And that's just conjecture, but I don't think anybody will be. But Mac Jones might be the second best QB out this game because he has the most intangibles that the old great quarterbacks had other than the other five. But man, trading the farm for him just is is hilarious to me. And uh, all, all I can tell you is, Pat Mahomes wears number eleven because he was that's that's his draft number, or whatever number it is. Number ten is it? Whatever number he wears, that's gonna be Justin Fields. He's you will remember you will rule the day you pass over that kid. I, it, so 
interesting. It's it's all it's all conjecture at this point because for all we know, they for all we know, number two might not draft Zach Wilson and they get Wilson at two at three. We don't know. We know nothing. Um, but Mac Jones will be a good quarterback, but he he shouldn't. You shouldn't trade the entire Bay Area for Mac Jones. That's ridiculous. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is clearly the best quarterback in this draft. He's got the most upside. He's shown it. He's done it. I I like the young man. I think he's going to be a phenomenal quarterback. It sucks that he's going to Jacksonville because that whole organization is... They're Jacksonville. Do I even need to say more after that? Now, the fact that Justin Fields dropped from number two, I kind of have a problem with that, and I feel like a lot of these analysts and scouts they're doing some Dominique Dawes Simone Biles level flips you know what I mean to get him out of that spot and this is the part that I think is kind of trash I feel like it, there's some residual from Dwayne Haskins because it's, that it's absolutely Ohio State hate it's exactly Ohio Cardell Jones it's 100% Ohio State fatigue uh, 100% and yeah, that's how I feel. So I don't feel like even where this young man gets drafted, because we've had this argument, you know, off air before. I, I, I but I totally believe it matters where you get drafted, and if the organization is completely behind you, because if that's the case, they're going to do everything in their possible will to make you a success. So the fact that he's dropping, I don't think he's going to get that kind of coddling that you kind of need at that position. I, I don't think he's going to get that. And I don't understand why he's dropped so far when all he did was lead his team to a national title game and balled the hell out in the semifinal game Is against the- Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. Now, I know – go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. I, I'm not saying whether he deserves to be in the top five or not, but would it be the worst thing in the world if he did end up going 10th if the New England Patriots would trade up? I know Mel Kuyper has like a – 4.9 version of whatever draft he does and he put trades in now so he's got him going to the would it be so bad if he sat behind cam newton for a season a half a half a season a quarter of a season and he was in new england with bill belichick of course not because that's an organization that knows what they're doing but how many of these organizations really know what they're doing like you can count them on one hand and probably have a few fingers left over and to that to, to your to his point and I don't, I don't want. I'm speaking strictly football. I don't really want to get into any of the personal issues behind this guy. But look at all the years Houston's had Deshaun Watson. Look what they've done with him. You know, so to to Chris's point, like yeah, having a great, having a really good, talented quarterback is the goal, but that can't be the only goal because you got to have other stuff around him like coaching and belief and receivers and oh yeah, that's right, blockers. Like it's a whole, it's it's a big concoction. The stir that the, the drink, the stir that stirs the drink, straw is the quarterback. Same shit. That stirs straw. You know what I'm trying to say? Straw I'm not stirs, a drinker. The straw that stirs the drink. I'm not a drinker. Well, it Sorry. makes it just, yes, okay. That. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, that's the QB. And yes, I think the Patriots have shown. I'm not so sure they've shown that they have. Well, no. Because before, before Brady, they had Drew Bledsoe. So, yeah, they got a history of good quarterbacks. Um, and their backups went to other teams and started. Yeah, I would trust them there. It's, I just think it would be a shame, personally, 
And again, this has nothing against Mac Jones. But Justin Fields was almost made to run a Shanahan offense. And that's the thing that's killing me. He's made to run that offense. He was born for that. So there are, there are in the tapes, there are inadequacies that he has that you might not see in the other guys. But all the other guys got their own inadequacies. So it's not like he's that much lesser than them. And we're splitting hairs here. Because number 10 in the, in the NFL draft, there's never, like, there's never been this many quarterbacks in the top 10. So number 10 in the NFL draft is still a great pick. But it's that my man went from two all the way down to the bottom so quickly. Right. I mean, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and even Trey Lance, a guy who's played one football game in over a year, his team only played one game this year, is, is propelled. Somebody's going to get a heck of a quarterback, or there's a whole lot of people that are going to look smarter for passing. I mean, one of two things are going to happen, right? And one of those two things is going to happen with the rest of these other quarterbacks. The last thing I want to say about the draft, well, a couple things here. We're going to cover it a little bit better next week, a little more in depth. Maybe we'll have our own um, – we'll do our own mock – our own first half of the first-round mock draft next week for three-man weave or something like that. And then I know we're going to try and maybe do something for pre-draft. We'll go back and maybe do some video like we did at Mania. So check out that. That could be a good time because I know we're all uh, – Thursday night draft, grab a beer, turn it on and watch it couple rounds see where the quarterbacks go um kyle kyle pitts from from uh florida is he a sure thing i mean he looks like one of the most sure things in a long time in a league that's already favoring if you have a great receiving tight end this is a guy that looks like a basketball player as in tony gonzalez and antonio gates where he can just use his body post up make catches and he can also fly down the field and i heard he can kind of block is this the actual best player in the draft I still go Trevor, but Kyle is from Florida, and we know how them Florida men tend to work out in the NFL. So he's probably the surest thing in the draft. I just, I just love Trevor Lawrence, and you can't, you can't push me off that ledge. The, I think the surest thing in the draft are the Arizona, are the, Arizona the Alabama wideouts, uh, Waddle and Smith. I think those are the surest thing because ultimately, even if they don't be, end up being X receivers. They catch everything in their catch radius. So they're going to have a spot on the team. But to Kyle Pitts' point, um, the, the only in recent memory I can remember, maybe you guys can remember somebody else, the only big name, super propped up tight end that, that didn't hit like he should have in recent memory is Kellen Winslow. And he had two Pro Bowl seasons. So it had nothing to do with his, with his, with his game. Tight ends normally hit if they are, if 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 they're promoted, if something about them, people, if they're gonna go that high, normally they hit. Tight end is a spot that really doesn't have a lot of fluctuation. If you're good, you're good. And you're gonna get drafted one or two. So my only caveat, if I could just say this right quick, and I apologize, Tundy, but to the the Alabama point, and y'all, y'all, I'm not just whistling Dixie here, but one of the criticisms but, that but, Nick Saban unintended. that's funny that's funny but one of the criticisms that Nick Saban has faced throughout the years is that he wears these guys out so by the time they get to the NFL they break down before their time and sometimes they don't even make it to that second contract where you make the big money I mean that's been a pattern in at Alabama 
throughout the Saban era. Not everybody, obviously, but we're having an intelligent conversations, so everybody, sure. you already know, it's an assumption, some but not all, right? That's a fair criticism, but Waddle and Smith already had the injuries. <laughs> they already had it. <laughs> so. Exactly. Ask David Tua, or not David Tua, ask Tua how that's working out for him. Platt, I want to start or with... Or not even Tua, because Tua going to be all right, but Shelton Richardson, ask him how that worked out for him. Platt, I want to start with you here. How excited are you as a Cleveland Brown fan? Jadavian Clowney getting a contract could be worth up to $10 million. Give me give me a level of excitement for Jadavian Clowney joining your squad. A five. Not because of Javate not because of Clowney. I didn't want to try to say this motherfucker's name. But we tried this last year and it didn't work out. But now we've got recruits. They've been building up that defense because I think the offense is fine. That's not the problem. But they've been bringing on some defensive guys, and they've got some of the new recruits trying to recruit Clowney to get here. And all I can say to him is, bro, you have never been in a situation like this. You're going to be on the opposite end of Miles Garrett. You have never in your NFL life been able to have the opportunity to eat like you would eat if you came to Cleveland. We play now, next to J.J. Watt. Yeah, how that worked out. At the same. They were the best defense in the league for like two years. He almost so, won defensive player of the year. So my issue with Clowney is I, I question his motor. And, you know, no disrespect to the guy. I just I question his motor. It, it is what it is. And it's funny because when he sat out his final year at, at South Carolina, when he caught that injury, I'm thinking it was smart because you're holding your value up. Little did I know that kind of gave us some insight into who he is as a person. So I question that. But you got an opportunity to come to a team. They're clearly building. They're, they're Super Bowl contenders right now on paper. I know you don't want to say that, and it sounds weird saying that about the Browns. I get all of that. Trust me. I get it better than anybody. I understand. But the bottom line is, it's the truth. So, yeah, I'm excited for the possibility. But we were here last year. We'll see what happens. The the greatest compliment I can give the Browns and Clowney in this move is, I got mad as hell. That's that's big coming from Ray because he, he has this – irrational hate for the Browns for some reason. You stole our team, but you hate us. That's like you steal Amber from me, but then you mad at me. Like I, That doesn't even make sense at all. <laughs> you won the pony. <laughs> the reasons, the reasons that we hate. Well, this is, Clowney, it's why, I, I, I love, I love Jadavion Clowney. It's why this is such an interesting topic for me to listen because you have the gentleman who's a fan of the team, you know, and then you have the gentleman who's a fan of the rival. So I wanted to gauge the excitement level. I don't think it's that huge of a pickup. I think it can be, but like Platt said, I, I have to be proven wrong. It didn't seem like he did a whole hell of a lot in Tennessee last year. So it, it did, but again, you know, Miles Garrett's going to get all the attention, so he's going to be on that other edge. And he's gonna get to eat. And the most, the most motivating words in sports history are contract, contract year. year. <laughs> so I'm saying, he know at the end of this, if he don't eat or contribute, he's never gonna be a ten million dollar year a year guy ever again. So he, he he's and there's no the one thing. 
stylistically, the one thing the Browns had didn't have that hurt them that would have led to them going deeper than they did was they couldn't stop nobody. They put up 49 points and give up 45. If they can get to the quarterback, if they can just be Peyton Manning-esque the Colts years and put up numbers and just rush the passer, just four, just rush and rush and rush, you ain't got to be good because you're going to score. And I think that's what they're building now. And the thing is, the front four wasn't bad last year. The problem was the linebackers because when if, if you know anything about football, the front four – they're there to clog up the offensive linemen so that the linebackers can go make the tackles and make the plays. Well, the linebacking core was low-key trash. The secondary, I don't know, because they're young and they're always hurt. So I don't know what they got back there. But, yeah, the front four was all right. But they have made some interesting moves on defense this offseason. And, yeah, Clowney, come fuck with your boys. See what happens. Speaking of Miles Garrett and dominant defensive linemen, Aaron Donald found himself in a fight he may not have wanted to be in in retrospect. Platt, why don't you, uh, you look excited to talk about this. Why don't you break down the situation for us? As only you could. Bro, I've been seeing this shit my whole life. I, without even reading the headlines or an article about it, I can tell you exactly what happened, okay? Aaron Donald was kicking it in Pittsburgh. Some drunk melon farmer decided he wanted to to have some rounds with the champ. And guess what? He got his issue. And now he's suing because he got his ass whooped. That's what's happening here, man. Like, I've seen this my entire life with athletes. It's the reason why every other week Charles Barkley was throwing a melon farmer out a goddamn bar window because somebody want to get drunk. Maybe they want to show up to their girl. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe you was talking to their girl. Maybe their girl was feeling you. Or maybe you just drunk and angry at the world and trying to take a shot at the title. Well, guess what happened? You lost, and now you want to sue. That's a bitch move, man. Stop being a bitch. Take your ass whooping like a man and keep it moving like an escalator. How, how fantastic would it be if we had the video to this and John Madden, like, illustrated it? So here we oh go. My Boom. We see <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Or, or, or Teddy Atlas. Well, you see Aaron Donald right there. He leaned his shoulder in. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 rolled and then hit him with the cross. And <laughs> or or the legend Lou Holtz. No, I'm not doing Lou Holtz this week. <laughs> I'm not doing. I I was almost about to jump in with my John Madden, but I think I'm going to keep a. I'll, I'll break the streak of doing impersonations here on Three Man Weave. Who did I get him confused for last week? Lou Holtz. Who was it? Lutez. Lutez, Lou Holtz, same person. Pretty close. They both the same age. Both champions. That's the the thing, man. Two weeks ago, Potter's War, everybody talking about my my legendary rant. That was the funniest shit that happened on the whole show. (laughs) Oh, that was from Potter's War? Oh, man, that's right. All right. That was the funniest thing that happened on the whole show. Confusing Lou Holtz with Lutez. So, all right. So I'm not saying that this guy didn't deserve a butt kicking and that, that things like that don't happen, but it's not, it's not like wild, wild west anymore. Right. Where, you know, you besmirch my honor, let's duel and everybody go home and no, no, just let me finish the question because you talked about Charles Barkley and I want to compare it a little bit because should Aaron Donald have been smarter here? Yes. This is. I, I, go ahead, Ray. 
So I have a personal a personal um, relation to this story from a guy that I may not know personally, but I know everybody that knows him. So I know him personally. Vince Young. Vince Young ruined his career because a dude put the horns down in a club and he beat and he beat his ass. Like it's you have so much more to gain, so much more to lose. You know. So anecdote. My grandma taught me every day when I was a young kid growing up, don't ever ride in a car with more than two people. And I was like, that's stupid. Why? What if I'm with my friends? She said, because what if they stop and somebody does one bad thing and you're in the car with them? You're instantly going to be an accomplice. And, you know, stuff like that hits me when I think about stories like this because it's all people are always looking for a reason or for a way to get your ass. Now, I don't got shit to my name. Nothing of real consequence like Aaron Donald has. Aaron Donald got like forty-five million in the bank, give or take ten, right? So I get it. Sometimes you gotta stand up for yourself and you gotta defend yourself. But you can't fuck up the money, and you have way too more. He has more to lose than beating that dude up could have given him satisfaction. So yeah, it's funny, and I don't blame him, but I'm disappointed, and it it. it it doesn't breed. It doesn't bode well for him going forward historically, because when you make that kind of mistake and it's so stupid, and you're right, flat, the dude probably a bitch and suing because he got his ass beat. Nonetheless, you earned that because you decided to do something. That what did, what did Chris Carter say? Go get a foul guy, something. But you can't be the one doing this stuff because you are the breadwinner of the family. You are the person bringing in all the money. You are the face. You are the face of a franchise, and you're a defensive tackle. Yeah, I am personally disappointed. Oh, goddamn. Y'all are so taking the fun out of all of this. Number one, Ray, (laughs) everything you said, you were absolutely 1,000% correct. Number two, Tunny, you act like we ain't been friends for years. I know you. I know your pedigree. Don't act like you ain't knocked the melon farmer out at the bar for talking shit before. Come on now. Where the fuck you coming from? You? You, my guy? You? And number three, this is one of the problems in the world now. And my brother and I, my brother is 6'6", 275, former professional basketball player, never made it to the NBA. He played over in Scandinavia and in China for a little bit. We have this conversation all the time, and it, it's kind of like a running joke between the two of us how we wish that you were able to, in life, that you were able to, you know what I mean, when they was out of pocket and nobody would sue, and it, it, it would kind of like balance out the world because you might see this little white dude, but you don't know. He might be an MMA fighter and break your arm off or whatever. But yep. you should be able to, when when somebody violates, you should be able to catch a fair one with him with no consequences or repercussions. I feel like it would make life a little, you know, little, it would make life go a little smoother. So, and that's one of the problems. And Tony got some breaking news we're going to get to here real quick. But that's one of the problems in society now, man. Everybody talks shit and they're not worried about consequences. Like, back in the day, man, we knew there were certain people we couldn't talk shit to. Why? Because they was going to whoop our ass. So we ain't talk shit to the motherfuckers that could possibly whoop our ass. And We need to get back to that. We need to get back to some ass whoopings. I'm not saying whoop your kids, 
parents. I'm not for that, but if you just randomly out here in the streets, get your ass beat. The thoughts and opinions of Christopher Platt do not necessarily represent <laughs> those of the Church Out Radio Network. What do you got, Ray? Some college basketball news there? I do, and real quick, I guess the PC today stands for Pugilistic Champion? Pop! I lost once. But I ended up I mean, looking... But I still looked like this. Yeah. They didn't look... They looked different. Go ahead. Everybody lost with Floyd and Rocky. Um, no. Um, sports news. Forgive me for a quick tangent. Uh, but uh, the University of Arizona has hired the top Gonzaga assistant, Tommy Lloyd, to be their new head coach. And for me, that's personal because I'm an Arizona fan. Yeah. I think it's... But hold on. But I think it's relevant. Because <laughs> I, it's I, not. I, I think it's relevant. No, hold on. I think it's relevant because <laughs> historically we know... Historically, we know when the top uh, it's been like twenty some years since anybody in the Pac-12 has won a NCAA tournament. I was just saying about Arizona. Oh, I think it's I think it's very uh, I think it's a, a thing that when a top assistant leaves a top a top team, there will be changes. And we just saw Gonzaga have one of the most heartbreaking losses ever. So will this affect them more now that people are leaving? You got you got a whole bunch of their guys leaving. Is there trust in Mark Few anymore? Now you, he's probably the guy that was in the in the homes recruiting. I think this could mean something to that to that squad. I think you're See, looking you at must... it through Arizona colored glasses. Go ahead, Platt. I was gonna say, is he was he the black guy? Is that why you're saying he was the guy in the homes recruiting? I can't tell you who he was. No, I'm telling you that because I'm saying that because go go every, on every team. On every basketball and every pro ba- of uh, college basketball team, the main guy is not the guy in the house recruiting unless it's a guy like unless it's a top recruit. The other recruits, the head assistant is the guy doing. What if all. he's the guy that is gone now and you know they finally threw Jonah overboard and Gonzaga can win a national championship now that no I'm just kidding I'm just, I'm just maybe I'm no just for, maybe it is but I just think I, it's relevant I, for Gonzaga I think it's, I don't know anything about the guy I think well, it's, it's a, not about Arizona. It sounds like a good hire for Arizona. I don't think it's going to affect whether or not Gonzaga continues to be a national powerhouse in basketball. Okay. We'll see. No, I, I, I agree point, with that. And this point but, next year, we'll see. All right. But it's I'll com- be here. It's coming. People are going to start criticizing Mark Few for not being able to win the big one. All right, it's folks. coming. That's what they do. We're going to ch- We're going to change the shape of the ball we're playing with. We'll be right back after this. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out thecheshire.com. Gentlemen, we got less than 20 games remaining on, I believe, every team's NBA schedule. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. It is going a little bit longer, the season, this year, but with a little bit larger, uh, later start. But the biggest news right now in the NBA concerns the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, big part of their two-headed monster is now injured and likely out for the season. Jamal Murray looks like a ACL tear. Go ahead, Platt. Yeah, man. That really sucks. Not only does it suck for Jamal on an individual level, obviously he's young, he'll be able to bounce back from it, but the Nuggets, 
and Joker, more specifically, because I had started hearing rumblings. I don't know if maybe you guys can clarify this for me, because before I put it out there that Joker is a legitimate MVP candidate and should win the award, I hadn't heard anybody else say that. And now I started within the last few weeks and months, I started to hear rumblings about it. Like maybe y'all can correct me on that. Y'all know I always try to put myself over. But he's, this he's, is going to... He's, he's been the number one, um, in, if you're going betting, he's been the number one he's guy. He's the betting favorite. On the list. For a while. Yeah, for, for about two months now. Way to bear me. I think I said it about two months ago, though. Right? Something like that? Something like that? Anywho, fuck what everybody else talking about it. I was the first one to get on that bandwagon and then everybody else jumped on and the betters jumped on as well. But I mean, this is going to severely hamper his candidacy because I mean, they were what a four, they were kind of bounced back and forth between four and five anyway, but this sucks, man. And I, I, I pray dude can get back and be healthy and get back to what he was doing. It just, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, The rumors are that they're talking to Austin Rivers to try to just give an extra body. But look, I'm with you. Um, it's disappointing for Jamal because you never want a guy to be hurt. ACL tears are the, crazy to say, but the best they've ever been at this point. Because people come back from them really e- much easier than they used to 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So I'm not concerned about him coming back, but it sucks because what he did in the bubble and then he had a really rough first half of the year and then started to bring it back together. I disagree with you on Joker, though. Because I, if anything, I think this makes him that much more of a favorite because he's going to have to continue to further drag this team along. If they can make it four or five, four or five it'll be a damn miracle because he's doing it with – it's literally him. And it's, it's even more disappointing because with the, ad, with the addition of Aaron Gordon, they had a puncher's chance to really beat anybody in the playoffs. So it's disappointing for the Denver team, but this might get Jokic a legit uh, MVP out of it. Which they don't, they don't do nothing for Jamal, but I, <laughs> I, if they can maintain, yes, I just don't see them being able to maintain. That's that's my be. issue. I don't yeah. think it's Joker's to win though right now. If I'm Vegas, I'm not putting money on him to win it because I see them slipping now without Jamal Murray. Who knows? Maybe they you get united over this, but I think Embiid's back. If 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 the Philadelphia 76ers are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference going into the playoffs. And Embiid is healthy, and Embiid doesn't miss any more games. He looks like he's yeah. figured out a way to be to become an MVP. And kudos to to his uh, running mate um, Ben Simmons, who has literally dedicated himself to be the best defensive player in the NBA. You might be right because well, not not the defensive thing, but the MVP. Because I mean, I just watched the Nets get dog walked by a Anthony Davis. LeBron James list LA Lakers team in prime time. So that kind of puts a monkey wrench into James Harden's MVP candidacy. We know they're they're not gonna do Giannis three straight years, even though he's he's worthy, they're just not gonna do that. So you might be right, man. Jokic or excuse me, not Jokic. Um Embiid, he might he might be the winner by default at this particular point in time, especially if they get that top seed. Thank you, Cardi B, for the fantastic term dog walk. And Ben Simmons has 100% uh, turned himself into the best defensive player in the world, but it's also because he can't shoot a fucking shot. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Is it can't he can't shoot a shot or he refuses to shoot a shot outside of five feet? 
He refuses because he can't. But like Paul Lee once said, accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. And he shoot like five shots a game. He hiding the shit out of the negatives. What if he just hey, needs Paul Lee had me thinking Taz was the top guy, so there's that. What if he just needed LASIK and all of a sudden he becomes like the best shooter in the world, right? All this time he just couldn't see a little bit. Rudy well, that's, proved that's a misnomer, sir. <laughs> no, no, that's what that's what's gonna happen with my hill, my man on the Saints. They're not gonna give him the job, but that's what he's gonna prove when somebody actually gives him a starting position. It was all LASIK. That's why he was bad. Y'all all know right. who I'm talking about. Let, Famous Jameis Winston. Let's keep it with basketball. Speaking of the greatest shooter of all time, how about shout out Steph Curry for passing uh, Will Chamberlain on the Warriors all-time scoring list? Shout out to Chef, man. He's been doing God's work this year on this team. Period. Great, greatest shooter of all time? Yes, yes. Not even close. I do want to say, though, that this is a bit of a hollow – um, this is a bit of a hollow stat because if you look at how many games he's played for the Warriors and how many Whoop played, or how many Rick Barry played, like 250 more. Um, I don't want to dish Steph because it's a great thing, but I think the bigger, the bigger um, accolade is that motherfuckers remember Steph Curry as a motherfucking superstar. He reminded them that he's a fucking boss. So that's more important, I think, than having a. The Warriors are the Warriors are a marquee franchise, but ultimately, eh, you play long enough, you're gonna be in that spot, you know. Shout out to the Rick Barry reference, by the way. Rick Barry may be the most underrated player in the history of basketball, and it's right. because nobody liked him. But I'm not giving up my James Wiseman stock, gentlemen. I'm all in. That Mel Farmer is gonna be a star. I'm all in. Yeah, uh, but it's gonna take him a few years. Plus, he he hurt his people. Did he tear his meniscus or did he did he strain it? Something with his meniscus happened. Um, but he but he will be, he'll get it. He'll get it together in a minute. Um, the shot is coming along. He can all he always been able to play defense. But when Clay comes back and they're able to play their actual offense like they want to, right now he's being thrust in a position he's not ready for. It's like Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is not the second option, but he's been happy to be the second option and he's shooting twenty five whatever percent from three because of it. When they get back to playing the way they normally play, yeah, and they'll, they'll be scary dangerous. Even at year seven, eight, nine of the run. Last thoughts around the horn on the NBA before we get to a couple of fleeting topics as we head on home here. It's still going to be Lakers-Nets. I am starting to waver on the Lakers. We'll see. We'll see not, what happens. I think not because I, it's less because of the Lakers and more because the West is good. Assuming everybody's healthy, assuming those five gentlemen from the Lakers and Nets are healthy, I don't even need to explain who those five gentlemen are. I would have to agree with that. But I think right now, more than ever, as we're coming off a Lakers victory and maybe um, you know a LeBron dominance beforehand, it's a little more up in the air than ever in the NBA. It seems like on both sides, the East and the West. So, quick commercial break. I got a few other minor topics. Platt, go ahead. What do you got to say before we get into the break? No, nothing, man. It's either going to be it's going to be a combination of uh, Philly, Milwaukee, the Nets, and the Lakers in in some form. Those are the four. We're right back. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. 
Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Next weekend, UFC 261, gigantic rematch. Masvidal, Usman 2. So we'll be getting into that next week, so get pumped up for that. Maybe we'll even have to find time to get us three and Mags together and have a kind of a co-mingling there. We'll see what happens. I can't wait to talk about that. There's so much shit going on on that card before we even get to the fights. Yeah, I can't wait. Tune in next week. Congratulations to Shigeki Mariamu, a gentleman changing golf on a global landscape. The first ever male from Japan to win a major. So shout out to him. Congratulations. Held on at the end there uh, to take the victory. And uh, it seemed like the course did have the better of the players this year. The winning score was half as far under par as it was the previous year. Last thing before we go, gentlemen, just quickly around the horn, there's a minor league uh, There's a minor league system that's going to take the mound and move it back a foot from 60 feet 6 inches to 61 feet 6 inches. And they're also going to implement a rule where they have the DH, but when you pull the starting pitcher, you also lose your DH. So whoever goes into that spot has to bat. What do you guys think of these two different rule changes that they're going to experiment with? That second one sounds interesting. Hmm. It would almost turn an American League first half of the game, first five or six innings of a game, into a National League end of a game where you're doing double switches. So basically, if your pitcher came out and the DH is batting Mm -hmm. in his spot, you'd substitute an outfielder for an outfielder but put him into the pitcher's batting spot if it was coming up. You know what I mean? They'll double switch in the National League so that the pitcher spot bats earlier or later. And and the reason I like that is because the one neg the only negative of the DH is it takes away strategy. Sure. Takes away a certain level of strategy. So that would bring that back and allow you to have best of both worlds. That it that interests the shit out of me. The mound, I don't know if it'll matter more. I think there's a chance that the velocity could go up, there's a chance that the velocity could go down. I don't know See, how that's going to matter. The reasoning from that is that the, the the amount of strikeouts has gone up over the course of like 13 consecutive seasons in Major League Baseball. So they would like to see maybe, you know, it's a little bit more difficult the farther you are throwing a ball from to make contact as a hitter. But if you're giving a foot, it's going to be a little bit more time that they may need to be making that contact. But that's true. why... But that's why that first rule interests me more than the others, because since the players stopped juicing, the pitching has taken over. You know what I mean? It is what it is. And they're trying to do things similar to what the NFL and the NBA have done to try to get more offense, to get more people to pay attention to it. So that's interesting. Will it have that effect? I guess stay tuned. Most important takeaway. I want you all to come close to the audio device. I'm scared. Get real close. I'm really scared. Okay. Uncle Ray going to take care of you. Well, look, I love my grandma, so that's cool. I want you to understand something. Hey, baseball, use your fucking replay. Well... Yeah, I mean, we, we could. No, let's. We don't have to say we did. We don't have time I'm to sick do of this. Replay in all sports. No, look, listen. The, the the thing that, and I'll, and I'm not gonna. Do you guys have anything else to say on this topic? Because I don't want to start a whole other conversation. Because the schedule's no, getting. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Yeah. The thing baseball should do is they should go to the computerized balls and strikes, so that there's no more arguing about it, and the game would be 
the game would be end up being quicker because you can't argue with a fucking computer, right? So that's that's where I'm at. Anyway, can't argue with the computer. Have you met my people? <laughs> Have you met old folk? <laughs> Just joking. Yes. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. All right, gentlemen. Good sports conversation today. Hope everybody's going to enjoy their weekend. Ray Cash, start it off with you. Let everybody know what's going on in your chair shot world. Too damn much. <laughs> I abstain the rest. I, I, I abstain the rest of my time. No, uh, a lot. Um, first and foremost, follow me at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y-S and Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. And I'm on damn near every damn, damn, every damn podcast you could probably find on this show, on this network. I'm probably around. And I need a vacation. Um, but, no, all jokes aside, Bandwagon Nerds Monday. Um, Three-Man Weave Tuesday or Friday. Outsider's Edge Thursdays and next week. Total Package Series, everyone. Oh, head, did I say head trauma? Head trauma. Thursdays. I see every damn week. You should. I got. I have five write shows. This, of, of you should write it down for yourself so you can, you know. Anyway, Platt, how about you? What's going on, brother? You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Obviously, Pot is War every Thursdays. I mean, I don't know what to do with myself now that Mania Madness is over. I mean, that shit consumes so much of my time trying to put that show together. Make sure y'all go back and shows. listen to it. No, thank you, thank you. Make sure. Oh, don't don't get it twisted. I'm sure they'll find some shit for me to do. Okay, I'm no that's coming. But make sure y'all go back and listen to Mania Madness. Excuse me, the series really is timeless. And if you're a fan of WrestleMania, your mic's out. Your mic is out. Your mic is out. No, I can't hear you now. Nope. I I I I can. You want me to say what you were saying? Now you you mother farmers better listen to the Chair Shot Radio Network because I done put in too damn much work. I'm this is I'm Chris Black from as Mania Madness watching all these damn manias on these damn nights recording all this damn content. We all listen to this damn he, podcast. He really wants his mic Mellon to work Palmer, right now. He's Mellon got Palmer, something else he wants Mellon to say. Palmer. He does. He's, he's, he's feverishly. Nope. Nope. Well, well, let's stay with this. This is an interesting breaking news of the. No. Yeah, I think he's doing this on purpose. All right, anyway, for Ray Cash, for Christopher Platt, my name is PC Tunney. I got game. Chris got game. Ray, Ray got game, but Platt got no mic. Still no mic? Yeah. Nothing? All right. Then hold your breath till next time, folks. We'll see you next week. Right, this cut goes out to all y'all that's been missing us for mad years. One love, yo. Yeah, that's right, he's got game. PE 1998. If man is the father, the son is the center of the earth. In the middle of the universe, then why is his verse coming six times rehearsed? Don't freestyle much, but I write them like such. Word. Amongst the fiends controlled by the screens, what does it all mean, all this shit I'm seeing? <laughs> Human beings screaming vocal javelins, sign of a local nigga unraveling. Uh-huh. My wandering got my ass wondering, with crisis and all this crisis. Hating Satan never knew what nice is. Check the papers, well I bet on ISIS. More than your eye can see and ears can hear. 
year by year all the sense disappears nonsense perseveres prayers links with fear beware two triple a it might feel needle. good it might sound a little something but damn the game if it don't mean nothing what is game who got game where's the game in life behind the game behind the game i got game she got game we got game they got game he got game it might feel good it might sound a little something but fuck the game if it ain't saying nothing damn was it something i said you don't see the chair shot.com always use your head